Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Hello, folks. It is a Wednesday. So that means we're going to talk about a topic. And the topic of today is the importance of continuing to learn. Learning is important. <laughs> Ding! Like I feel like. <laughs> well, I think that our audience probably is clued into this for the most part. But, um, you know, I think. Uh, I mean, I think the thing is, is that there's never a part where you're not learning. I think, you know, being a student your whole life is an important way to look at life, you know? And, um, I've definitely been in a place in my life where I thought I knew. And I'd say if anything, that kind of got me into more trouble, you know, just not just assuming, like assuming, you know, something, because then you're no longer open to learning. Mm -hmm. And so there's always something new to learn. and, And I don't think anybody has the way but you can have like the best way that works for you at the moment. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that way can't improve. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Evan brought this topic up, so there's, uh, (laughs) there's probably some things that he has to say about it, but that's kind of where I, where I go. Yeah. I mean, life itself is a bit of a classroom and we're always learning in that respect. Um, I think what, what brought this to, for me, why I thought this might be a good topic, um, and I don't know if I necessarily had anything specific that I wanted to say about it, but I always figure that we're going to, we'll get into something, something valuable. Um, but this weekend, um, doing a Henry's class, Henry J. Ma, who was already on the podcast, already on the podcast. And I think he talked a little bit about his, uh, his course, um, doing the performer's mastery which I've never done before. I know you've done it. You did it years ago. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have any idea of what to expect. Um, looking forward to it because it's been a while since I've been in like a class, I guess, like in an actual sort of classroom setting. Yeah. Although I'm, you know, it's like for performers and stuff like that. So it's a different kind of a classroom in some respects, but you know, there's, uh, it's been a while since I've been in that environment, you know, of being like, okay, I am the student, you know, you are the teacher. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to do some stuff and I'm going to try this shit out. Right. (laughs) And, and see what happens. And, uh, and so I thought it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it is really, I was just thinking about the importance of continuing to, to, to grow, um, to work specifically on things that that could not necessarily that they will, but could, um, help you within your craft. Um, and sometimes it's technical training. Sometimes it's, um, (laughs) it's in other things. I don't feel like the mastery is necessarily a technical form of, (laughs) of training. It's has a lot to do with, I have actually, I have no idea, (laughs) but I, I know that it's, I I'm assuming that it's, it's not really a technical type of, of it's education. A, it's, it's just a whole weekend of auditioning practice. <laughs> oh <laughs> oh <just> God. <laughs> Can I cancel no, now? It's, um, it's, um, no, it's, it's a lot about digging into your emotions and your, you know, just your, your life and your story and, and all of that and kind of 
navigating that also, um, just, uh, well, one thing that I really took for it, and I'm sure there's many other things. Um, but when I first did it was, um, that it, it helps you to see your bandwidth emotionally, um, to see what you are to, 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 to dig in deep enough to like actually look at your emotional depth. And then from there, you actually, when you understand your bandwidth, you have more room to actually be, be free to feel and experience and like open yourself up in your work. Mm. So from what I understand, from what, from what I learned, that was the big, that was a big part for me. Um, you know, when I was a teenager, I was pretty repressed. I mean, like I was a super sensitive kid when I was young and I, you know, I was pretty emotional and stuff. And, you know, as a male, that's beaten out of you pretty quick, you know? Mm. And so I had a lot of, a lot of emotional repression that I had to kind of like deal with early on in my, you know, early on in my life. And this kind of helped me to like break down some of that, some of those walls. Yeah. I feel like, uh, emotional repression has been something I've had to deal with for a lot of my life. And I, I don't think it's, I don't know if I'm actually that much different than a lot of guys. In fact, I think a lot of us deal with repressed emotions and and a course like this for me was really good just because it helped me to see like that I had this stuff in there. Cause mm-hmm. I think you repress it long enough. You don't even know it's there anymore, Yeah, but it still hurts you, you know, it just hurts you and controls you in a way that you just don't even know what's happening. Right. Right. And so you try to deal with it, but you don't even know what's going on. It's, it's like, it's like having a wound you don't even know you have, you mm. know, basically. And then something rubs up against it or bumps it. And you're like, ah, that hurt. But you don't know why it hurt. You just think, oh, I should be tough. I should be better. This shouldn't hurt me. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm not saying that it goes into like the male female thing. I'm just saying like, I'm just talking about my experience. Yeah. My experience was a little bit like that. It's like I had to kind of look at some of the wounds that maybe I had in my life and actually not, and kind of heal them in a way, but also kind of gain access to them too in a certain way. I don't know. I don't know right. how to describe it. Yeah. Pr- I don't know if that's accurate or not. <laughs> yeah. It could be different for everybody, but well, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm looking forward to, um, yeah, I think I don't necessarily have a ton of, I don't really know what to expect. So I think that can be a really great place to go into a learning environment with is having no expectation, um, as to what you're going to get from it. Hmm or, or not get, get from it. Yeah. Um, go in without expectation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's the best. I mean, I think it's good to have, have an idea of, of what you would like to get from, from the class, like in your own sort of intention. Yeah. Um, with things, there's a value to that, but you know, it's, um, you know, it's kind of like acting a lot in that way. It's like you go in with your intention, but then you've got to let it go. Yeah. And, and be there yeah. fully and, and, and engage with it. What that's, I guess, comes back down to the whole thing about learning. Like, you know, <clears throat> don't expect that you, you know, everything you don't know. Like, you know, I, I think, I think what's important is, I think it's important to to, to know what you don't know, like to try to go, okay, well, I don't know about, you know, I don't know about like how to fly to the moon. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Like I kind of have an idea, but I don't really know how it's done. And I know that I don't know that, but there's other things where we think we know, but you don't really know. And that's the areas that you get into trouble. Mm. So it's always better to assume on the side of, 
I don't know than the side of, I do know, because at least if someone repeats something, you go, Oh, okay. I knew that at least that way you had the opportunity to learn. But if you go, no, I know, then you'll never hear it and you might be wrong. And then you're incorrect. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, you, you realize years later, it's like, Oh, I've been going about life this whole way as though I knew this was so, and it wasn't even the case. Yeah. 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 And it's, uh, it's interesting. In the last sort of major class that I took when I was doing, uh, my Meisner training, uh, it was interesting because it basically the way that the program works, there's a part one and there's a part two. And most people actually split it up. They do part one and you do like this intensive thing for like two weeks. Um, and then people will go back home and the following year they'll come back and they'll do part two. I just did me and and actually there was quite a few people who did it this, uh, on the year that I, I went, but there was like 12 of us who did both part one and part two, like a full month of just like intense Meisner. Um, but with that we had, we saw like basically half of our, our classmates leave after the first two weeks. And then we got a new set for the second half. And it was very, it was very interesting because there was different, it was a different dynamic completely. Mm. And I won't say it was for better or for worse. I mean, the first two weeks we had this group that seemed so, um, like it seemed like everybody had really, really did check their, their egos, you know, at the door. Like they really truly did that. And people, despite the amount of experience that they had or had not had in the past, um, nobody really brought that with them. Everybody kind of came in with a sense of, no, we're all starting on like ground level and we're all just going to do the work that we're being asked to do. And we're going to do it to the best of our ability. Mm. And it was just such an awesome learning environment for that for that reason. Like we were all, it was all just like watching each other grow and inspiring each other. And not that we were competing with each other, but it was just like, it was seeing people like have these extraordinary breakthroughs or do some incredible work. And it just made you want to be, want to get there too. Mm -hmm. And it was just like watching all of us just like rapidly, just like, just start soaring. Right. Uh, and then that two weeks was up and we had this new group of people come in. Right. And they all had their sort of relationships with each other from the previous year. Right. Cause they knew each other from their first two weeks together and they'd come back and they all knew each other and, uh, they didn't really know us, but I will say there were a few people, um, who were in that second group who it really, there, there were some very, very strong egos that had entered into that, into, into the class at that point. And it was very interesting. There was kind of, it it created almost, uh, I feel like my own private sense of, of learning where it was like the first two weeks that I had was everybody just really like pushing each other and, and helping each other and, and inspiring. And then the, the last two weeks almost felt like, personal resolve. Hmm. 
to get to like, to continue on. Right. Um, but it was, it was interesting watching like these sort of butting heads, right? Because there were some other teachers who had come in to do this work, teachers who've, who had done Meisner work before, uh, and came in and well, not, not all, but yeah, a lot of them were like university profs and stuff like that. And we had that in the first two weeks too, but it never seemed to be any kind of an issue. But that second group, there were a few people in there. Most, and I'm not going to say all of everybody because most everybody was actually really quite lovely, but there were a few people in there mm-hmm. that I could see our teacher trying to, trying to make a point, trying to really like illustrate something that could have really benefited some of the people there. But there were these bruised egos. There's people who were feeling like they knew, right? Like they know better and this is how I've done it. So I'm going to challenge you Hmm. on this. And, you know, I think it's, there's a place to challenge teachers, but it's through genuine inquiry, Hmm. you know, like out of an actual curiosity, it's like, okay, this is not how I understand something, Mm -hmm. right? Like, let's have a discussion about this. But it was, but in some of these scenarios, it was like, well, like, yeah, it was coming in the form of questions, like, like, but it was, there was an attitude about it. You know, it was, it was just like, like just this skepticism that was like, I don't really want an answer. And to a point where the, there was one person where the teacher was, was just saying to this one student saying like, if you cannot listen to me, I cannot teach you. And they were saying a bunch of other things back to him. And he just said again, like he's repeated several times. He's like, if you cannot listen to me, I cannot teach you. Right. And it was like, it was this extraordinary thing to like watch because he was making an extraordinary, like, cause I saw the thing that he was trying to communicate in this person's work. Yeah. Like it made complete sense to me. Um, but they were just so resistant to it. They were so hung up in their own ideas of what everything was for and how they did things. And, and, you know, and then you have to go, well, why are you taking the class? Like, yeah, if you're not here to learn, if you're not here to have to, to just try something on, especially within acting, you know, if you're an actor trying things on is the fucking name of the game, man. Yeah. Like <laughs> you've got to try everything on. Yeah. You got to try it all. Yeah. That's it's an interesting thing that you point out. I mean, questions are, questions are a, a revealing thing is the way someone phrases a question is revealing about their projections. Mm-hmm. And it's important to pay attention to that stuff because, you know, I was taught, uh, several years back when someone asks a question is to really consider not just the question itself, but where is the question coming from? Because a lot of time people are asking questions just to help solidify their fears. And, you know, you could give them an answer, but it's only helping them put more armor and ammunition towards their issue. So 
for example, let's say that you're scared of um, spiders and stuff and we're traveling in Australia. Well, you start asking questions like, well, how poisonous are the spiders and how quickly might I die and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so I'm hearing your questions and I can go, oh, well, you know, there's this amount of spiders in this area and blah, blah, blah. And if you get hit by this one, it will instantly kill you. And this one, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you're getting, meanwhile, you're going, right. Yeah. And so you're learning, <laughs> you're learning all about spiders, but where's the question coming from and why mm-hmm. are you asking it? And, um, you know, this whole thing about continual learning, you don't have to be in class just to learn either. No, but, um, you know, the questions where they come from are very important. I think that's where people need to check in. And, you know, what you're bringing up too, I think is such a valid point about the ego. I mean, if you know, I, I get the vulnerability, I mean, you go and you give this teacher, this authority figure, a certain amount of power mm-hmm. to, to, to give you some guidance. Um, the way I've always looked at it is like this. If I'm going to pay somebody, I'm going to hire them to teach me something. I don't know if they're full of shit or not, but unless it goes against my morals or my ethics, I'm going to go 100% and try out what they do. I'm just going to try it out because I want to see if it works or not. And if it doesn't work, then I'll know it's bullshit. And if it does, then great. Um, but you know, hopefully it works and great. And hopefully it's not bullshit, but if it is, I'll probably know if I go hundred percent into it and realize, well, this was a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I think the thing is, is that it's about time. You know, like I think intensives are really good because you get forced to figure out really quickly whether this teacher or this mentor is like worth their salt. Yeah. If you spend time in class over like long periods of time where you don't like, you know, I've, I've talked to so many actors about this. They're like, acting class model. I like the group thing about getting together with people and we work on our stuff together, but like I'm paying all this money and I go up for like five, 10, 15 minutes or something, or maybe half an hour, maybe. And Mm -hmm. then my time's up and then I'm done. And, and then the rest of it is, you know, everybody else. And yeah, I can learn through everybody else, but I don't actually get a lot of actual time. Yeah. I think the thing is, is that sometimes with these classes, you don't really know, especially when you're new, if someone is full of shit or not. And so, um, I think, I think what's interesting about the whole continuing to always learn is that you don't just want to learn from one perspective either. You want to learn from multiple perspectives, but if one is all you have, you might as well try that out, give it a go and then go out in the world and then assess whether that really works or not, whether Mm -hmm. it really works for you or not. But I think if you bring in all this other stuff, like you're talking about these people who are not listening and the teacher can't teach. It's like, yeah, you might've learned all this other stuff, but it's the way in which they were challenging by the sounds of it. That's the issue. Because I I think like, I think it's kind of like, okay, well, I don't agree with you. You can say to the teacher, I don't agree with you. I don't think this is valid. And the teacher could say, okay, well try it and let's see. Or you could call them out on something that you're like, this is, this really is bullshit. Like, you know, it is like, you know, I've had enough experience now where I know. But I think that's like kind of an inner honesty thing where the student or the person who wants to learn the paying customer, why do you want to work against yourself? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you only want to work to advance yourself. And I think your ego can do a thing where it actually sabotages you learning something new that's valuable, you know? So what I'd almost be curious about is like where this person's challenge was coming from, you know, more than what their challenge it was itself. It's like, you know, you're challenging me on this, but it's like, but why for you do you need to challenge? You know, like 
I mean, we've talked about this on the other podcast and I, maybe let's, let me take a like side note. Cause this, this might be someone's yeah. first podcast, but like psychology, the nature of our, our world, you know, you and I know this, but it's projection. I mean, we project ourselves onto everything and everybody. And we even make up these fascinating stories and project those things onto the world. Yeah. So much more of our life is projected than what's ever taken in. So when we get into a situation and we're uncomfortable, we're projecting something from inside of ourselves that actually makes us uncomfortable. Most often the thing that's external is not really the thing that makes us uncomfortable, although it seems that way. So like when I think of this person and I've seen these types of people, you know, in the class, I've seen people, not these types of people, but these people who have been in that state. And usually they're just coming from a real projection of fear or some type of yeah thing. And, and that's, I think a really good topic for us to talk about. I'll always continue learning. Like if you're going to continue to learn, don't bring your fears and your bullshit from the past and, and, and project it all over this current circumstance. Yeah. Because you're, first of all, your fears are nonsense. I mean, we know that pretty much for sure, for sure. Most of them, 99.9% of them are bullshit. And then your projections are all made up and also based on probably really faulty information because Mm -hmm. you made most of them when you were a child. And then a lot of the way that we have, we've discussed in this podcast, a lot of the ways that we learned were from an old model that's out of date today. Yeah. And so you're bringing all that projection into your life. I mean, how, how open are you going to be to learn? That's why kids learn so quickly because they don't have a whole past to project in mm-hmm. and they don't, they're, they're open to learning everything for the first time. Yeah. That's why they learn so quickly. You know, they're like sponges. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of what we need to, that we need to be childlike when we enter a learning situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we can benefit from being more childlike in that sense in our day-to-day lives as it is. But especially when you're walking into, into like a, a conscious sort of learning situation where I'm like, okay, I'm going into like this environment for however long to learn about something. I'm specifically taking this to learn. And, you know, you bring your stuff in it and I can, understand that. I think that to, to a degree, I, at some points in, in my acting, I was bringing my shit in with me too, of my past, like learning experiences, my past teachers, um, and how they affected me both positively and negatively, at least in, in my feelings about it. Um, but I know that there was a, there was a time where I was walking into into acting classes, like just as a massive skeptic, Mm. like I would sit in, I would audit a class and I would watch what was going on and just be like judging the shit out of what was going on. Right. Right. And that was, and I probably robbed myself of, of things where I could have learned most likely, you know, just getting hung up in, um, yeah, just like past, past stuff, you know, like teachers who, who I felt had like were, were wrong or had done me wrong. And I heard something that from someone else that sounded similar. And it's just like, no, you're an idiot. And (laughs) like, I'm not listening to you anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can, I, I, I've definitely brought that kind of crap in there. And I know 
you bring up a very, very good point about how our past can bringing our past in with us can affect our learning. Yeah. Well, you know, I know, I know an actor who, um, you know, he was working with the teacher. We were both working with this one teacher and he had, uh, he had a lot of issues with, um, like, uh, moms and stuff in his past, you know, like female, mm. female mentors or leaders in his life who weren't really, who were quite abusive really. And so then he had a female acting teacher and, you know, and it took him years later till he really realized that he was like, man, I was, I was really projecting all of my past. You know, I was, I was scared of this woman because in the past I had experienced a really abusive mother, you know? And so like, you know, so there's all sorts of stuff that we're bringing into these scenarios and we might not understand them all. I think the important thing is to try to go and, and look at it and, and, and try to take a step back and, and, and look at it as like, okay, maybe I don't know. Maybe this person has some information. I think where teaching becomes really dangerous. And I think this is a side note to mention because we're talking about trusting. We're talking about having mm-hmm. faith in your teacher, regardless of they're actually an idiot. They might be an idiot. They might be a total fucking sociopath. Yeah. And that's no joke. I'm not even kidding about that. Yeah. You think I'm oh, kidding. I'm not. There's sociopathic teachers out there and they will abuse their students. So one thing is, is that if you have a teacher situation, sex is off the table. Intimacy relationship is off the table. That should not happen. And if they are willing to let that happen, then you need to be very concerned about who that person is. Now I get how the lines can get great. You know, the thing is, is you look at this authority figure, they're attractive, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe they seem like they're interested in you. Maybe they are interested in you. Maybe it's all really legitimate. I'm not saying don't do it 100% ever, but for the most part, anything intimacy or sex or whatever should be just off the table because that should not be in a learning environment that yeah. like, that, like, especially like, I think maybe, um, you, you end class with that person and then you continue on a relationship without doing class from them anymore, or you already had an intimate relationship with them. And then maybe now you've already built something that wasn't based on being in class and then being an authority. Uh, that's probably okay. But doing something like that while you're in class and while they're your teacher, that's something that I think is, is gotten many people, especially in the arts into trouble on both sides yeah. of the spectrum. And it's, it's, uh, you know, there's a certain kind of cloudiness that comes out of that. So I think that's something that's really important to mention about like continuing to always learn. Um, you know, and the other thing is, is that as you learn, take, take the teacher and, and trust what they say, but know that there's no one person in the world that knows the way there is just no one, you know, and, and the whole idea that anybody does know the way that they have all the answers is totally bullshit because yeah. we're all learning. And your teacher, my third point actually, cause I said only two, but there's three. If your teacher isn't learning, you probably need a new teacher. Yeah. That's almost number one, most important. If they think they know, and they're not learning major, major red flag, like so much to the point where you should really consider walking away. Cause if they are not learning, then you will only surpass them. And yeah they're not going to be up to date with what's going on. And who knows if what they know already is even relevant because they're not testing it anymore. And that's the importance. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be a teacher, you always need to keep learning. 
And if you want to get better at something or do something, you always need to keep learning. There's just really no point where you go, Oh, I can stop now. You know, learning yeah. is life. It's life is learning. They're, they're, they're synonymous with yeah. each other, you know? Yeah. And, uh, as, as far as this whole thing is as well, like with teachers and because like you said, there are, it, it can be a, it, it, yeah, because it is tricky. It is a tricky thing. Like, because there's a degree to which I understand people's sometimes skepticism or, you know, uh, worry about walking into situations because there are, there are teachers who, who can be really damaging. And there's a lot of people, especially within arts, it seems arts is a, is a really, it's one of those areas where teachers can be very damaging. I think more so than within academics, um, because academics is like, well, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit more scientific. Yeah. They don't deal approach. so much with your personhood and there's, uh, there's not as much psychology wrapped up into yeah, it. Yeah. It's like, here's the information, you know, like, and a lot of it is objective information. Uh, whereas within the arts, like you're dealing with more subjective territory. Yeah. Um, and you got these pseudo psychologists. Yeah. And that's the danger is that, you know, some of these teachers actually think they're psychologists. They'll be like, I'm not a psychologist, but then here's some psychology lessons. It's like, okay, well, you're not a psychologist. So stop giving psychology lessons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and the and thing you're is not qualified to, not qualified. especially within acting classes too, where it's like, it's like, you're not qualified to walk somebody through a personal trauma no, they're in not. their life. You are not qualified. And I've seen it happen. Yeah. I've seen teachers do that. And, um, that's one thing where I'm just, you know, there are very few things for me. Um, when I'll say, because I'll always, and we'll get into this point later yeah. as far as what, a what I think a, a, a teacher's attitude should kind of be. Um, but that is one of those things that like, I am just a hundred percent like, Oh, if, if a teacher's like this, then get the, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Right. Like if they're, if, if they think that they can walk you through a trauma that they can, that they're capable of doing that and your personal life is just like, no, no, like that's, yeah. Look at, take a, take a look at their personal life. Usually like, you know, you see these people who are teaching and their personal life is all fucked up and you look at that and you go like, I'm going to, I'm going to trust this person to lead me through my personal trauma. But here's the other thing I've watched a teacher go like this. Now, if anybody knows anything about psychology and I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but so there's psychological wounds we have. There's things that, that there, we actually have to heal them before they ever become like accessible or okay with us. Mm -hmm. But I've watched teachers basically go like, um, Oh, this guy like cheated on you or did this thing. It's like, how much do you hate him? How much do you want to kill him? Blah, blah, blah. And just like dig into all that stuff, but then just leave it there. Just all with this, just, this, this poison and this hate and this just negative, like just sick, disgusting kind of point of view. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that I get the whole idea that you want to direct someone towards their pain and you want to help them like investigate their pain. But like, you know, there's a certain part of it is like, you know, if you, if you, if you create angry people in the world that are spiteful and vengeful and they feel they've been wronged and you create a world like that, they leave and then they're 
they, they're, they have to take that toxicity with them yeah. because all you did was add to the toxicity of the problem. You know, it wasn't until I actually learned forgiveness that I actually really learned how to act mm. and forgiveness and acting are much more s- synonymous with each other because once you forgive, then you can access love. And once you can access love, that's where all real emotion really comes from. Yeah. Anger, anger is like anger and fear are like, like infantile emotions. They're like, yeah. uh, you know, they're base emotions. Everybody has them. You're born with them. You don't have to work for them. They're just there. You don't need, you, you know, you don't really need to, um, you can, you can figure out the triggers, but you don't really need to like amplify fear and amplify anger in life. You don't need to do that. I mean, we, with a lack of maturity, we already have ample amounts of it. Yeah. Um, when you become more mature and maybe you start suppressing your anger, start suppressing your fear, you can start to get honest about, well, I'm scared of this. I'm, I'm, I'm angry at this person, but you don't need to go like, well, why are you angry at them? Like blah, blah, blah. And go and like, try and like, what would you like to do to them or something like that? You know, you don't need to necessarily do that. I I think, and I guess it sounds fucking, it's, it sounds like I'm being like all hippie here, but really it's love. You got to go, you got to find the avenue to love ultimately. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, you know, you want people to be able to access this stuff and be able to, you know, find a way to work with it. Yeah. Not, not basically walk away and then have to drink themselves to death because they just have all this pain. Yeah. And you see this or, with, with acting classes, like, you know, like sometimes an acting class will go out to drink cause everyone's hanging out. Yeah. Sometimes they'll go to drink just to deal with their emotions. Yeah. And that's a problem. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it, creates a kind of an interesting culture as well as, and I would refer people to one of our podcasts that we did. I don't know what number it was, but it was the great lie of suffering for your art. Mm. Um, I want to say like around 50, 60 area. Yeah. Something, something around there probably. And yeah, like that's like, absolutely. Like I remember moments as a young actor feeling like I wasn't fucked up enough. Mm you know, like, well, yeah, cause like some the, of these teachers, they teach you like kind of the idea you need to be fucked up. Yeah. Well, I, I remember literally, uh, it was a substitute acting teacher who came in one day and they had, and they said to the class at one point, um, some, some, apparently it was an old, it's an old acting adage, which I'd never heard of before this point, but she had said, um, he was like, Oh yeah. And she's like, they say like, they say our job is to fuck you up and send you home. Like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's so like, I think that that is a model that is going away now. Yeah. I think that I hope so. I, 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 I hope so. so. I mean, it I, seems like it is. I, I, I'm trying to change that within, you know, the way I like to talk to actors about what's going on, but yeah, that's, I think been a common, that's been a held thing for a long time. That's like, Oh, that's just part of being an actor. You know, we've got to like mess you up you got to be kind of messed up in order to, to do these things that you can't be healthy. Hmm. Um, so yeah, in terms of learning <laughs> and continuing to learn and just as we're on this, almost this slightly side topic of of teachers. I mean, yeah, those are the kinds of teachers I say, if anyone's talking 
in that way, then you might want to think of going to someone else. And I would also say teachers who talk about what they do, like it's because it can turn this way. Teachers who are like the things that they're telling you is becomes dogma. Hmm. It's like, this is the way it is. Hmm. You know, this is how you do it. And all that other stuff is bullshit. Hmm. Right. And it's like, you know, this is maybe a way that you have found works for you, but you, what you say is not, is not gospel, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's not, it's, this is all, yeah, I don't know. It's any, for me, I think a a good teacher should be, it's like, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. This is the way that I teach and I work, what I have found effective in my experience. It's like, but you might not find it that way and encourages you to go and explore other things. If you're not finding what you're looking for, right? Because I know like I had teachers who told me that they thought, you know, Meisner work was absolute bullshit. Thought they like, it was, it was something that they looked down upon. It was, it was lazy. And it was like, they had all of this, their crap talk about bringing past or whatever it was into their into there and what they're passing on to their students. But had I really taken that on, I would have never gone and done the training for myself. Right. And it's like, it's like the most valuable actor training I've ever done in my life. Mm. And, you know, maybe not everybody's going to feel that way about it. But for me, it was, it was crucial. Mm. It was crucial in helping me find some things that no teacher and no other method, technique, whatever had even gotten me close to. Yeah. You know, this is, it's good. Uh, you know, I also think that uh, as students, we are teachers too. And, and, uh, on the reverse mm. is that we have a responsibility and an onus to help give feedback and teach our teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I think sometimes we live in a culture a little bit where, teachers just go unchallenged in the sense that not in the way you want to challenge them because you want to have an ego and be right or something, but you challenge them in the sense that you go, this could be better. Or like, here's some feedback. Yeah. And I did that to a teacher actually just this week. I, 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 I said to them, I said, you know, here's, you know, you asked me and I didn't tell you because I was, I didn't think you were open to hearing it. So teachers be open to feedback, you know, tell your yeah. students you're open to feedback. And I said to them, look, you want my honest feedback about my experience of of working with you? This is it. And I like this, this, and this, this was good. And this is why, you know, I was so here. And then this happened and this happened and this happened. And, you know, and, and that's why I left. And, and this is, you know, and I said, there's a reason what was interesting to me is you never even after all this all that I gave back to you, all that I did, all that I not gave back, but all that I contributed, you never asked why I left or why anything, you know, and which was further the issue, which is that it showed me even more that you didn't care at that point Mm. about certain things. And, and this person was like, I want to hear the feedback. And they said, you know, I'd like to actually sit down and have a conversation about it even further. And I said, all right, I'd be open to that. Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm not angry. I'm not upset about any of this stuff. It doesn't matter to me. I, you know, I think what you're trying to do is good. I think you mean well, 
but you know, um, there's certain things and like, I'm not the only one that's had concerns, you know, like, like I think the reason why they asked me is because enough people responded in a similar way that I did and they leave. They're just like, I'm just gone. Mm -hmm. And so the thing is, I look back and I go, you know, I would have loved to have given them feedback, but at the same time, there was not really an open Avenue. And I, and I remember at times I did try to give them feedback. I actually tried to say like, Hey, this is the issue that I'm seeing here over and over again. And their solution was basically like handle it yourself. Right. You know what I mean, and it's like, well, no, this is your, you've created this thing. And this is the issue that's coming out of what you've created. Mm-hmm. I've been learning to do that a little bit more now in the sense that it doesn't, you don't have to be in a position to be the teacher and you don't have to be in a position to be the student in, you know, in the case of sometimes you're, if your teacher, my point is this, if your teacher is never willing to be the student and always forces you to be the student, there's some problem there as well. Yeah. Because like we started this conversation with, we always want to be learning. Yeah. Now, if you take that basic premise and you agree with that, that learning is life, we go through life, we learn more, we learn more, the more we learn technically, the better we live life because we know more and we've, we've word worked out how to navigate it more. So if you can take that basic premise and run with that, then you would assume that why would you ever want to learn from someone who isn't learning anymore? And if someone needs to be the teacher, why do they need to be the teacher? Like, you know, when I like, like I, I've been getting a lot of consulting jobs and stuff recently. Mm-hmm. When I go into consulting job, I go in more as a student than I do as a teacher. Ironically, I end up teaching really profound shit doing that <laughs> because the way I look at it is that I don't know their story as well as they know their story. I don't know their history as well as they know their history. I have to do all this learning about them. Yeah right? And now the thing is, is I can teach them a bunch of techniques about screenwriting, but once I know them, I can help teach them through them. And so we both, uh, you know, I have yet to have experienced someone who has studied, who hasn't studied like screenwriting or storytelling with me, who hasn't had an amazing job, amazing Mm -hmm. experience. I haven't yet to experience that because it's all about them. How could, if they're having a shitty experience, it's because they don't like themselves. It's the only way it could be because my ego is so removed from the whole scenario. And I'm not saying that I'm better or anything. It's just that it's something I've learned as a, as a being a mentor or a teacher is that you got to go in like, like almost like a psychiatrist or a psychologist, which I'm not, but you got to go in with, I don't know anything about this person. Mm -hmm. They have all the answers and I must find it from them, but they don't even know they have the answers. So I must help them extract the answers from themselves for themselves. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I just become kind of this transistor, this conduit to, to the information. And that's really a lot of time what people need. They just need someone strong enough to conduct their uh, own learning. It's kind of like, it's a, it's more so guiding people through something, you know, it's like, it's it's like, and it's really paying attention, right? Like really listening, really watching, um, that's my experience as a teacher is you start to notice things about people because then it becomes very personal, which is what I think teaching should be. It should be very personal to that person because not everybody learns in quite the same way. And everybody has different obstacles, um, that they have to deal with right. in terms of their learning. And there was something that you had said that I'm like, Oh my God, this is so good. There's like, it had brought something into my head and now I've lost it but we'll see. It'll probably come back to me. Okay. Well, while Um, you're thinking about that, I was going to say someone might be on the other line going, well, 
what about a group? You know, not everybody's one-on-one. Well, you, yeah. you know, you, when you do enough one-on-ones, you start to see similar, uh, consistencies between people. And then when you're working with a group, you can kind of go on a assumption of a base consistency an assumption, and you know, it's an assumption. And then from there, someone every once in a while will pop up and they'll have a different experience than what you're used to. And you can go, Oh, interesting. I never realized that. And you can adapt. Yeah. But for the most part, when you deal with a group, you have a certain uh, amount of, I understand myself. I understand one-on-one now with the group, the group will have group concerns and you can deal with the group concern because like you said, you know, you were doing that intensive workshop. The first bit, everyone was open. The second bit, everyone had an ego or a few people had yeah. an ego, which affected it. I mean, when you're dealing with a group, you're, you're not just dealing with a personal dynamic, you're dealing with a group dynamic. And what I found with groups is that you can have someone come around who has an ego and that can influence and affect every other student that mm. you're working with. And that's not always great. It's not always fun, but you deal with it. You got to work with it because like, why are they being influenced, you know, by something else and help influence them because what that person is doing is they're kind of bringing a gift in a way they're helping everyone's ego come up. Yeah. You know, because I mean, I've had this talk with people before. It's like when, when all your success is working out, you know, you got the perfect relationship, you're making money, just everything's working out. It's all so good. It's easy. It's just easy. Life's easy. Yeah. It's easy to be great. It's easy to do well. But when life's in the shitter and you're not making enough money and you're single and you can't find a date for the life of you and you know, you're wearing clothes you hate and, and people are being like, I don't know, whatever your do- your boss is talking down to you or whatever the hell's happening, right? You're just not having a great experience of life. Yeah. That's when things get interesting is how do you show up then? You know, cause some people will justify it as like, I've had a bad day. That's why I'm being an asshole right now. You're an asshole period. Yeah. Bad day just brought out the fact that you're already an yeah. asshole. Just when you're having a good day, no one sees that you're an asshole. That's yeah. all that happened. We want to see who we are in the worst of times, who we are in the best of times. We just hide who we really are. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when something comes along like this, an ego driven person, they bring up the reality of everybody you're around. And now everybody has to deal with who they really are. And so sometimes this can be really good. Frustrating sometimes for a teacher because it's nice when everything just flows but you know, this is, this is what we're dealing with. You know, we're, yeah. we're not perfect human beings and we don't show up, you know, um, what is it? Uh, nothing in nature blooms a hundred percent of the time. Mm. Nothing in nature blooms a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Sometimes you're dying. Sometimes you're not blooming and that's nature. That's part yeah. of our existence. And you have to deal with the times when you feel like you're dying. Yeah. Metaf- metaphorically, I mean, for the most part, but you have to deal with those times. And that's when you're going to see who you really are. Mm-hmm. When you bloom, when everything's coming to light and you just are, are blossoming, you know, well, that's wonderful. But you know, who are you when you're not, who are, you when you're wilted, who are you then, you know, and that's, that's really, I think what our culture just tries to avoid and sweep mm-hmm. under the rug. And they're like, okay, if you're feeling wilted and depressed and you're dying, go lock yourself in your room. Don't see anybody for a little while you know, and then you can come out and then when you're done yeah. and you're ready to glow in front, cause that's what we like. We just want everyone to be happy, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like we, we just, and so we got this whole world that's like half of our life we live in hiding. Yeah. Um, but 
I think this relates kind of to our, to our learning experience as well as because like, you know, sometimes, you know, you're going to be learning. You're not going to be in the best place in your own life. Sometimes your teacher isn't going to be in the best place in their life. Yeah. You know, and this is, I, and my thought has kind of come back around on here and it's, and it's, and it's fits in still perfectly with everything you've been saying is that, you know, for both, like there is an art to being a student and an art to being a teacher. Hmm. Um, and I think that the whole, the, the best time, the best learning situation is when teacher and student have almost an unspoken agreement of going on a journey together mm. to a degree. Cause that's very much how I see it because it is very much like a teacher should be learning just as much as the student should be learning. Uh, a teacher should be discovering as they're going, if they're paying attention, um, ways to better communicate how to, um, better articulate the messages, um, and, and how to better listen and to, and where to step in, where to, where to step back Mm. to let people do their thing, because it is, it's a, it's a journey and teacher can't, can't learn for you either. Right. Which is, I, when I started, um, like meeting and working with like shaman and stuff like that. And I don't know if anybody on the other end has ever had any like experiences of like being in a space like that is, that is held by a shaman. But I started, I remember my first experience of that being like, Oh, this is kind of what I do as a teacher. And this is more of how I want to be as a teacher Mm. as like, I hold a space for something to happen. Right. I just have like a, a direction that I'm pointing it towards. I have like a focus that I'm a, like, I'm pointing everybody to go over here. Mm. And now I'm just trying to help you find your way to go over there. Because again, I can't do that. I can't just tell you how to do it. Yeah. Which is where my, like being able to learn as a teacher is going to help me to teach you because I can't, it's, it's such a weird relationship because I can't even, I can't teach you unless I'm learning from you. Right. Like I can't, I'm not able to do that. I can't, we can't get you to the same goal that we both want unless I'm learning from you and how you are responding to what I'm doing. Right. You said it perfectly. I can't teach you unless I'm learning from you. Yeah. Which is really what everybody ought to take away from this whole conversation can't be taught unless someone's learning from you. And that's the, and the same way I was talking about the screenwriting thing. It's like, I have to learn from you to figure out how to teach you how to write your script. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's in you. The story is in you. It's not in me. Yeah. I have stories, but that'll be my story. That won't be yours. And I mean, I, I'm sure I could come along and just tell them the story to write in a certain way, but that won't do any good really. Like, why don't I just write it at that point? You know? Um, but yeah, it's, it, this symbiotic relationship of learning and teaching, you know, they, they go together. I, yeah. I, I guess what I'm kind of gathering now as we've been talking more is that there's a, an out of integrity kind of thing about, um, uh, about teaching and learning. 
that's going on in our society right now, you know, where teachers act like they know and students give too much authority to the teacher as though the teacher does know Mm -hmm. everything. And, you know, and, and, uh, we should break down these, these barriers and illusions about the whole, that whole relationship. Yeah. You know, like certainly like teachers ideally have had a certain education or more importantly, they have a certain experience of something, um, that they can impart certain wisdoms that they've, that they've acquired. Right. But for anybody just to hold like this mantle that I know is, I mean, that's another sign of a teacher that I'm like, get, get the fuck away from there. (laughs) Anybody who acts like they just know, and they have all of the answers. Yeah. And I think like, I think we slip up probably, you know, where we, we don't realize we, we, we think we know a lot of the time, but I think it's about having the humility of going like, Oh, I don't really know that. You know, and I also think it takes each other calling each other out on that because I mean, we were raised in a, in an education system that taught us that we had to know the answer. And if we didn't know the answer, we failed. And if we failed, we got held back and we lost. And so we learned at a very early age that we had to know, otherwise we lose in life. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's good for a technical job, I suppose, but it's not a good psychology to carry around because, you know, I, I would say that being someone who goes and goes, well, I don't know, that's what's interesting. And you take that, you can just be curious and go find out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think like when I look back at most of the great thinkers of the past and, and people who, you know, we usually quote and we put their name on it, you know, it's like, those are people who were pretty curious. Mm -hmm. There were people who, who tended to, um, and, and, and from what I've seen, they tended to be the kind of people who really like, they were like, well, I don't know. That's, that's why I want to know. You know, I want to know what this yeah. is. Um, yeah, well, you know, I don't know if you mind, but maybe we take a commercial break, do this beer. Oh yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm getting like a little bit of pineapple in this baby. Oh, interesting. Um, I guess it's an, uh, and let me see, hold on. It's like a, what, uh, maybe an IPA or a ISA or something. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but you're enjoying it. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know if you're enjoying it. <laughs> no, I like it. I, I, I'm not sure. This All is right. new though. Yeah. This is a new one. Um, this is from four winds and I've been thinking about getting, doing a four winds beer on here for a long time because mm. I've known about their existence. They're out in Delta Delta, British Columbia, Canada, way away from where I live. Yeah. Way away from kind of a little far away from where I am too. And this is their Phaedra Belgian rye IPA. Oh, okay. So it's right about the IPA. Yeah. So it is an IPA, but it's like, it's definitely because of that, like that Belgian style and that, like that rye Mm. that goes into it. It's a little bit darker and a little bit sweeter. And, um, I think that's why you get a lot of that sort of some of the citrus and stuff in it, or like, or you're saying like that pineapple, almost that acidic quality to it. Yeah. Really? Like, I mean, like, that's what I was going to say is like, I'm getting pineapple from it, but like, I kind of was thinking like, I don't know if they planned on that. 
but, um, yeah. I like it. It's, it's good, but it definitely like when I smell it and I taste it, I'm like, it's like pineapple beer, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's, it's uh, like a pineapple IPA. That's what I get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's the four wins. Phaedra Belgian rye Phaedra. IPA. All right. Well, it's been good. It's been a nice little brew. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I want so to, I want to, um, go on to, to tag on to, um, some of what, what you were saying here. Um, just in terms of, of the teacher and the student and that relationship. And, and also this, this thing where to a degree we give people authority where we shouldn't. And so we've all kind of bought into this whole idea. It's like, well, you know, you have all of the answers. And in some ways, like how we are as students has kind of reinforced a lot of the attitude of some teachers as being the figure where they have to know right? and become very rigid because we're looking for somebody to be that authority to, to tell us how to do something. Right. And I think it's doing all of us a, a giant disservice, right? I think it, it closes us off to discovering something more to going for everybody going beyond the knowledge that we currently have into, into something a little bit deeper, more expansive, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we reflect that in our culture all over, not just like with, with teachers, but you know, with community leaders or within like politics and governments, you know, like we expect it's like, well, you're in the position of authority. And, and so often, you know, government leaders are like, this is how things are done. This mm-hmm. is how, and, and we can see how partisan that makes, that makes politics, which is why I think so many people are so frustrated with it. Why so many people are just angry at the ineffectiveness of government. It seems. Yeah. Right. Is because there is no discussion because, and that's to a degree how we are as students in a, so to speak within this is that we just want them to be the authority and to have the answers. And so now we have people who act like they have the answers, even though they don't like government does like, there's so many ways that government does not work. I mean, that's pretty blatantly obvious. They don't have all of the answers. So it's like, it's, so I think it's a good kind of reflection on how we treat authority, how we treat people who we want to have knowledge. It's like, well, no, it, it, as students, it demands a little bit more of us as well. Mm. Right. Like what our expectations of our teachers are. And, um, I just said, you, you've taken, you took one of my weekend workshops for Miser and, um, I don't know if you remember, I, I put out these, like, I put out like these little sort of sayings or like, like these quotes up and, and I put a bunch of them up because they were, they were things that, um, that I liked from, from my teacher. And some of them were, were interesting ones that I, I threw in of my own and now not all of them necessarily speak to me in terms of what I'm really wanting to teach and communicate. Uh, but there were a few that I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make up a couple of new ones to put up for the class to see. And they have to do with teaching. Mm. 
And one of them is a quote, which I still haven't gone to check to see who said this again, but, um, he was an artist and a teacher and he had said, uh, um, I don't teach people how to paint. I teach people how to see differently. And there's another quote, um, that goes, um, we cannot teach people anything. We can only help them to discover it within themselves. Mm. And I thought I would love to put those quotes up for the students to see mm. to anyone who's taking my class, because I think it's important for students to know how I see how this works. Right. Right. Like to change the idea and our concepts of what we are all here to do. Right. So that there's no uncertainty about what this relationship is, right. That this is going to demand something of you and it's not entirely dependent on me. This is a joint venture on here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good too. I mean, I think that that model is, it, it, it makes the uh, student value themselves. I mean, you know, I've been in classes. I went to some, I was living in LA for a little while and I went to classes there and I, uh, you know, I ran I ran into some really, really interesting, really cool teachers. I ran into some other teachers that were like all ego. Um, one class I went into, it's irrelevant who it is, but I went into it and they te- taught like, Oh, I'm, I, I coach this big star and this big star and this big star and whatever. Yeah. And this person was like, just such a power trip, like how they mm. were just so much better than everybody else. And I was like, it, their students, I mean, in my experience, and I've been to a lot of classes, not just in LA and New York, but like in Vancouver, everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm been around and I've seen a lot and I was like, these, these students don't see that this isn't really that good, but they think it is because this person acts like it's all so good and he's so good in all of this. Right. Well, I said a he, (laughs) so we're closer. Um, but, um, (laughs) not that you'll ever figure it out. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) some dude, he's a teacher in Um, Los Angeles. Oh my God. So anyway, yeah. So he, uh, you know, and it's just like, kind of like, all ego and like, I know, and this is how it is and whatever. And, um, and I look back and I go like, yeah, like that's just, that's just that person trying to stroke their own ego. They don't really care too much about the students. They care about who they can become through their students. Mm. I mean, that's another thing to be weary of. I think as a, as a, as a student, especially in acting, like if you have a teacher that's more concerned about who they become through you, um, I, I don't know. I think that that's something to watch out for. I do think you should tribute your teachers. I do think you should recognize where you got information from. I do think that if even it's helped you for sure. Yeah. I do think sometimes even teachers that are highly misguided and struggling in their own life can end up teaching you really great stuff still. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that like, I think sometimes teachers can fall into the pitfalls that we're talking about and still be really good and helpful to your career. Yeah. Well, I mean, even through the things that, um, we've been talking about on, on this podcast is in terms of the places where I do take a strong stance. Like for the most part, I'm like, stay open. Like you can like learn something from, from pretty much everybody. Um, but even the places where I take a strong stance, like if you have a teacher who has an attitude like this, and it's usually comes down to that. It's an attitude, not necessarily the information. The information itself is kind of harmless. Yeah. You know, you can take it or you can leave it, um, depending on 
like where, like how, how it works with you, because it is like, not all the information is going to be the same Mm -hmm. for everybody. It's not going to help, especially within art. Like it's, it's not a one size fits all solution within, within any technique. Um, so like the information itself, it's, is not so much the problem. It's how it's being taught. Mm. I think that's always been my biggest thing. Uh, when, when it does become, when it does become its own kind of dogma and it becomes, uh, like the rule of law kind of thing. And it's just, and, and the teacher communicates that as an attitude towards everything. It's like, it's more so the attitudes of teachers that I tell people to be wary about, but I wouldn't have good point. learned that had I not gone and worked with some teachers who had certain attitudes yeah. <laughs> about things. I would have never learned that. Right. So there's, you can learn something from everybody, even if they are <laughs> shitty. Yeah. Right. You can learn. It's like, Oh man, that, that person was really shitty, you know? Uh, and they shared a lot of things that I know now I definitely don't agree with. Well, you know, I, like, I think what you're pointing out is don't, don't be a victim to someone who's like being shitty. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I have a friend who, um, quit acting because of an acting teacher and I go, yeah, I, I study with that teacher too. And the teacher was shitty. Like they were shitty and they were abusive. And, and I had another friend that almost quit because of that teacher. Mm. The teacher's just like, I, I think someone should like, I wish someone could rip their license away. Mm-hmm. I just wish they weren't allowed to because they're just, they're out there causing harm to people. In my yeah. opinion. But like my one friend who quit, I, I'm like, yeah, but that's bullshit. You're going to let this person who's a shithead like who, you know, whatever. I mean, in, in this teacher's own defense, they're going through their own world of their own thing mm-hmm. and whatever. And I, you know, I don't want to, they're not a bad person. They're a misguided person. In my opinion, they're not a bad person in in at all, but they, they have created a certain position of power. People listen to them. They, they act like an authority. They, they quack like a duck, think they're a duck, you know what yeah. I mean? But they're not. The thing is, is that whatever, am I going to let this person? Cause I actually thought about quitting after I dealt with this person. Mm. I, th- this person was so disgusting and, and disgusting is not even a strong enough word. Disgusting to me that I was like, fuck this shit. If this is what it is, fuck it. I don't want to do it. My one friend quit. And I, and I, and I say that friend, I'm like, well, that's kind of bullshit that you quit because if you give them all the power over your career and your dream, then that's bullshit. If you quit because you decided, Hey, you know what? This whole acting thing, this thing doesn't really work for me anymore. And you quit for that reason. That's fair because acting is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I will do it for the rest of my life either. And that, and I have no shame about that, mm-hmm. you know, but I love that I did it for the period that I did it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be the next big movie star for it to have been worthwhile. Yeah. But am I going to quit because of the acting teacher? I'll, I'll yeah. stop doing it because I, I realize that it doesn't align with my values anymore. And my values have shifted as I've become older and changed my direction. But I think like, also you can encounter these shitty teachers and you, let's just use the word shitty. They're shitty teachers mm-hmm. who are misguided, but they don't determine your dream. And I don't think you should ever use that as an excuse for you to decide what you do. That's one bad experience. And like, I'm sure if you talk to many other actors out there, many people have had just as bad experience, if not worse experiences than you've had. 
And one thing about the mastery too, just to bring it back, circle around, yeah. uh, you start hearing people's stories, um, in this, you know, people mm-hmm. share some of their, um, stuff that they've kind of gone through, at least they did in mine. And it was profound for me. It was absolutely profound exercise we went through. And, um, I realized that the things that I had experienced, um, you know, compared to maybe what other people experienced were maybe not as extreme as I had thought, but I never really knew until I heard someone else's story and I went, wow. Like, and I realized how we're all kind of struggling with something. Most of us don't really talk about it. Um, but I think with these teachers, like, I just think if you're, if you're in a scenario with an abusive teacher, if they're abusive in any way and look, go Google the word abusive, go do some research on what abusive is and learn what physical abuse is, learn what emotional abuse is and learn what intellectual abuse is. And it's probably emotional or intellectual and figure out and start to understand those. Cause if you're with a teacher that intellectually or emotionally abuses you, call them out and, and get that shit confronted and make that change or get, get, get out of there. Cause that's not okay. Abuse mm. in any form is not okay. There's no reason why a teacher should ever use it. It's like the parent that says, I love you. Smack. I love you. Smack. Yeah. It's like, no, you might, you might love me, but the smacking is not okay. And it is irrelevant. There is no reason why there should be abuse. And the thing is we live in a culture and this is kind of taking us into another arena I'm realizing, but abuse in education, that's not okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think the thing is you go, okay, well, if you don't want to learn, you can leave. If you don't want to learn, you can leave. Yeah. If you do want to learn, stay. If you don't want to learn, leave. What do you want to do? Well, I don't want to learn. Okay, go ahead. Go home. No problem. I don't have a problem with it. If you don't want to learn, I'm not going to be able to teach you. So who really gives a shit? Yeah. Oh, you want to learn. You do want to learn. What do you want to learn? Well, I want to learn this. Okay. How do you want me to teach you that? Well, I want you to teach me this way. Okay. How do you suppose we go about that? Mm-hmm. Now the te- now you're teaching them to teach you how to teach them. Just, you don't have to abuse them. You can find many other ways to get something done. Yeah. But abusive teacher goes, do it my way. You don't do it my way. Smack. Do it my way. You don't do it my way. Smack. Yeah. And that's what you're dealing with. And you're dealing with that emotionally. You're dealing with it intellectually. Very rarely would it be physical, but it yeah. could be. And then you had the, the physical side, the sexual side. That's why you never oh, yeah. bring that into the, into the teacher student relationship yeah. as much as possible, because now you have an abusive person and you're in an intimate relationship with them. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I don't have to tell you that you're in trouble, right? People get into these scenarios Yeah. and for a younger audience, who's maybe just starting their, their acting careers, this is the red flags that I'm pre-warning you about. So, you know, because I've had many friends, often women who get into scenarios where they find they've been abused and the men too. Don't think that just because you're a man, you don't get abused. Mostly it's going to be emotional because that's where you're not going to be strong. Mm -hmm. You know, women aren't as strong in the physical realm. Men are strong, are not as strong in the emotional realm. So just know you're going to deal with emotional abuse from some people sometimes, not always, but watch out for that. And you don't even know you're being emotionally abused because you think, Oh, I'm just accessing my emotions. I'm just learning how to be an actor. I'm suffering to be a better actor. And it's like, no, you're suffering because you have a teacher that's abusing you emotionally yeah. and you're not doing what they want. So they're upset. And so they're taking it out on you, which is bullshit. 
Yeah. Anyway, I feel like this is such a good talk. I, I actually, when we started, I was like, I don't know, but now I'm like, this is, I'm so glad. Cause I, I, I imagine myself at 17 hearing this and I go, this is a, this is the conversation I needed to hear. Yeah. This was a conversation I needed to hear. Mm. I wish I knew this going into my acting career. Yeah. You know, or at least I might not have listened to a couple assholes talking about this shit, yeah. but I would have had it in my mind. It would have planted a seed. And if the thing would have come up, I might've been like, Oh yeah, I kind of remember something about this podcast or I might just be like, I, maybe I already thought I knew it, yeah. but it would have been good for me to have heard it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the best teachers for me were the ones that they, it, they weren't hard. Like they were, com- they were extraordinarily compassionate people. Um, and they, but they were honest. They were honest. And I think that that is something that gets like mistaken in the teaching world where honest becomes brutal, Mm. right? Like honest becomes just being nasty about things. It's like, yeah, maybe they're, they're saying something truthful to you, but again, it's the attitude in, in which it's, it's all coming from. Right. And it's like when, and when it's coming from a place just to make an example of you to everybody, because I've seen that happen too. Oh yeah. I've seen that one, you know, where it's like, and it's like the person didn't even, the student didn't even do anything wrong. You know, they haven't done anything wrong. They're just showing up to class doing the best they can. And then they just get pointed out in a way to the class that is embarrassing to them you know, they get embarrassed basically, um, through some sort of like the teacher reprimands them in a way. And it's like, and now they're, they've been there. An example has been made of them. Mm. Uh, and it's, and it's just awful. It's really awful. I mean, there is situ, there is a situation in which you can point something out with, within a student where something comes up and, you know, you can use it as an example that is beneficial to everybody without making the person feel like a complete idiot. Right. I mean, it's such a, it's such a vulnerable thing to do when you're learning this whole art racket, you know, and you're putting yourself out and you're putting yourself out there. And yeah, it's, it's when teachers are just, it's, this is almost like a whole nother topic in some respects, but it's, um, I don't know exactly where I was going with it. Well, uh, you know, I have two things to say. One, sometimes teachers lack empathy of what it's like to actually be on stage in front of everybody. Yeah. And those teachers are not so good. The teachers who have empathy and then go, okay, I can see what it's probably like for this person. I can kind of empathize with them, you know? And so they speak to you from a place of though they, as though they are you, as though they are like you standing on stage right now, telling themselves almost what they would need to hear. Yeah. And they have a certain kind of compassion and that's beautiful. When that happens, I find that myself and most people I've ever experienced, they grow tremendously. When you have a teacher that kind of just sits back in their shadow and their chair and their chair is higher than everybody else because they sit in some director seat, you know, and they're like pointing at you going like, do this or don't do that or whatever you, you know, what's your, you know, they, and they're calling you out and they have just almost no empathy. It's just this, it's this, this dark figure from the corner telling yeah. you, and, and, and you're supposed to like, listen to every word that they say. Right. Yeah. And they just kind of flex their authority. Right. I mean, 
who do you want on your side? Do you want some person that's just an authority telling you what to do, not really telling you why to do it, just telling you what to do and telling you when you're doing something wrong or whatever? Like, how is that going to help you later in life when they're not in the picture? I think what you really want is you want someone who's going to be like, um, teaching you how to do it when they're not around. That's really the kind of teacher you want. Yeah. Let me share a story. Cause you, you talked about the embarrassing in front of everybody in class mm-hmm. or embarrassing in front of class. Well, so there was this course I did an acting class and we had to do a voice class, but the voice class was across town. And so we did our voice class and we did the first day and I, I ran back to the other studio cause they said, get back. Cause we're going to start immediately. So I ran back and it took an hour for everybody to get back. I just sat at the studio for an hour alone waiting for people to show up and it was lunchtime. And I was like, okay, well we're just going to the voice thing again tomorrow or whatever. So I'm this time I'm, uh, I'm going for lunch and then I'm going to come back and I'll, I'll leave myself 30, 45 minutes to do that. So uh, a student who missed the day previously where I'd showed up an hour early said, what happened yesterday? Um, you know, like how did it all go? And I said, well, you know, we did the thing. And then it was about an hour. I waited for an hour for everybody to come back. So I'm going for lunch. She's like, well, can I go with you? I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't mind. Go ahead. So me and this other actor went for lunch, had lunch, had a good little chat, had some food, went back to the studio. We get back to the studio. They're already half an hour into it. And and the teacher's like, where the hell were you? Blah, 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 all this other stuff, right? Calling us out in front of class. Super pissed that we were late. Yeah. And, um, you know, I said, well, we went for lunch yesterday. I said, yesterday I was here and you said, come back right away. And it took an hour. So I went for lunch and you know, whatever. And they were trying to make the other person wrong. You're like, well, you were late and blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff. I said, no, look, this is my fault. I told him this is how it went. And I said, you know, whatever. He's like, no, it's serious. I'm like, and, and so then, um, you know, the people I'm working with were super emotional or something and whatever. And there, and she was like, well, we're all thinking as a class of maybe kicking you out. And I said, okay, if that's what you think you need to do to prove your point, then I'm fine with that. If that's, and I said to everyone, I said, I made a mistake, you know, I'm late. I acknowledge I'm late. It's, it's on me. It's not on this other person. I told them, you know, sure. They could have asked, but I told them that. And this is based on what happened yesterday. I said, if you guys feel like kicking me out, kick me out. And the teacher didn't know what to do. Teacher stood there fucking dumbfounded. Yeah. Cause it had no, it had no power anymore. Yeah. No power. And I was like, if, if you all think that I should be kicked from class from this scenario, then do it. I'm okay with that but it's my fault. It falls on me. I take 100% responsibility. I didn't ask. Yeah. I didn't know. And that's me, but I'm here now and I'm ready to work. So let's figure it out. They didn't kick me out. Yeah. And I, and I stood up to this authority figure because I was fearless at that point. I was like, I do not care. You cannot hold anything over me at this point. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I would love to endow all students with that ability to go in and not care so much about your acting or this teacher. Like there's some fucking God and just be like, if you want to kick me out, kick me out. I'll take the effects. I'll deal with it. I'll continue on, but don't walk around like someone has all this power and authority and like they can just control your every move. Don't be a puppet. Yeah. You're not a puppet. And I think like, especially for the actors out there, 
and, and writers too, a little bit, mm-hmm. but you're not a puppet. Nobody controls you. You decide. And you know what? One day, if you continue on in your career and you become somewhat famous or something happens, you're going to have so much power that those people are going to be like, I taught them. They were in my class. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, it's like you, you wanted to kick me out of your class because I wasn't doing everything that you wanted me to do the way you wanted me to do it. Like your little fucking lap dog. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is like, also when you, if, if, and when you do get this power of getting fame and fortune and whatever, don't be that person that's like telling everybody what to do. Know both sides of the coin. Yeah. You know, like, you know, don't, don't, don't take that and be like, okay, well now I have the power because that's what happens. I think people step into these positions of power and then power goes to their head and they kind of flex that muscle. And then you become the, you become the dirt bag. You become the, the, the person who's an asshole. Right. But it's, you know, I, I think it's an interesting conversation because learning and education, um, I think power just needs to be taken out of the, out of the whole equation is like, don't put the student too much in power. Don't put the teacher too much in power. You know, the teacher is your guide. They're helping you discover it from within you. And I think it's a changing time. And I think the old model of like teaching and education is, is going out the door. And I think we're seeing the negative effects in many ways of what the old teaching model is, which is that I know, and you don't. So listen to everything I say. That's the old model. The new model is, you know, and I don't know what it is, but I know where I want to help you go. And you know where you want to go. So let's find out what that is. And through finding out what that is, we'll get you there. Yeah. We'll get you there. You and me will get you there. Right. And I become kind of your guide and your friend and your, and your wallet to bounce things off of who maybe has a little bit more knowledge and experience who can give you some perspective, but at the same time is not going to tell you what to do or how to do it from within. I think it's to a large degree. It's, it's a thing about respect, you know, not necessarily about giving people power and authority, but it's about a mutual respect for each other saying it's like, you know, okay, I'm coming into this situation as a student and you're in the authority in a certain experience and knowledge that I wish to learn. And from the teacher, it's saying, it's like, you are the authority on you, on who you are and the type of person you are and the type of work that you're going to do. And like, and, and so it's, I think it's a, that respectful recognition of each other because it is, there's no teaching. Like it's, it's a, it's a shared experience. It's, it's, it cannot happen with, without the two people or however many people yeah. are in it. But like, there's like it, there's no teaching and learning going on with, like when it's just one person, right? Not really. I mean, you can do, there's a, you're limited to how far you can go. Sure. But I mean like, someone's it, like, well, wait a minute. Well, wait, you can <laughs> learn, you can read books and stuff like that. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, of course you can. Well, no, the can, book doesn't exist without the person reading it. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So there's always something. There's always something. There's, mm-hmm. there's, it's an exchange of information and an experience between two people mm-hmm. at all times. Someone's like, Oh, split personality. It's like, well, that's <laughs> is somebody, people. is somebody really, <laughs> somebody really saying that? I don't know. I'm just throwing out like maybe that. just to be devil's advocate yeah, on whatever. this one. You're an exception. Yeah. Run with it. 
But it's <laughs> Fight Club. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's interesting talking about those scenarios of of being embarrassed and and you know and and you've got to also accept the fact that your teachers are human and also yeah. in the role that that of the power and authority that we that we give to the people who teach us as well um like you also I remember, come from an older generation yeah so yeah I mean, a lot of the time and, and so you know a lot of the time and so there's a certain part of us that has to go okay well you know let's like it doesn't you don't have to make them wrong but yeah. we, we got to be smarter about our choices moving forward so like that we don't tolerate that type yeah. of you know i mean we tolerated it before because that's how it used to be mm-hmm. but like it doesn't have to be that way anymore yeah. And I think that people either adapt or they disappear. You know, that's really what happens. Yeah. So it'll force people to adapt if you hold higher standards. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, 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 I like it. All right. Um, I was, no, I was just, I was just going to relay my own story of <laughs> like, do it. I mean, well, it was, it was a scenario. I was, I'd been working with this teacher for some time and, uh, and for the beginning of this like new sort of, you know, this new sort of unit or whatever it was of the class, uh, I was at, like, I was asked to prepare, uh, a monologue for, for the next week. And just based on the stuff the the kind of work that I'd been, been doing in the class and what I mean, I'm like, you know, I want to change it up. I want to do something different. Like I just, you know, I just felt compelled to have something something new. And I performed a monologue from Reservoir Dogs. And it was something very, very much like outside of myself and my experience of life. (laughs) And, but that was kind of part of what drew me to wanting to do it. I'm like, I want to do something contemporary, something kind of edgy. And like, that's just very different for me. And so I did this monologue feeling very, very nervous about the whole thing. And I finished doing this monologue and the teacher says to me, what the fuck was that? Really? Yeah. He says, what the fuck was that? That was the worst shit or something like he, what did he say? He said, he said, don't ever do that shit again. It's like, Whoa. nobody will ever see you for that type of thing. Right. It's like, that's like, like, it was just like, you know, I, I thought that I was going to, like, I knew that I was going to receive some kind of a critique, but I was not expecting what the fuck was that. Don't let me ever see you do that shit again. Jeez. Right. Like it was, it was like, whoa, like just beat over that. And you know, I could have, I I realized I could have had a conversation with this teacher and said, well, let me tell you why, like I chose to do this, you know, like, and, and maybe create a discussion, but it's very difficult to create it. Like when that's the immediate response to what you did, like there's no, especially as a young actor at that time, I was just like, you don't even know what to do. And I remember afterwards when we were taking a break, I had other people in the class coming up to me, like when the teacher had stepped out and they were just like, Evan, that like, like they were like whispering, like I could see they just felt so terrible Mm. about what had happened. Like they had just said, like, they're like, 
it really wasn't that bad. You know, like it wasn't like, like it wasn't that bad. Right. But it was like, yeah, it was like a shocking thing to have happen. Mm. Right. And, and then to a degree, the rest of my time with this teacher was basically, I worked so I just wouldn't get that reaction from them, you know, started making decisions and choices and like within my work safe. Yeah. Like safe choices basically to well, like or things that I thought were safe for this teacher. Exactly. It's like, Oh, this teacher will like it. If I do the, do it like this, this teacher will like it. If I do it like this, right. Just so now you're working just so that nobody's like going to hassle you. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, and, and my, I felt dead in my acting for years. Yeah. Years and years and years. That's, I'm really glad you shared that story. I mean, that's the kind of stuff people need to hear. And I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that happen to you. I mean, no, I mean, but again, I learned well, something you've from that. beyond it. Not everybody does, man. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I went through my own experiences of, of abuse with acting and stuff. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, and I think like, just because you and I kind of like came through our experiences and we didn't basically totally give up or become destructive in some way. doesn't mean that it was okay. It doesn't mean that this stuff was, was all right. I mean, yeah, you know, I think part of this discussion is okay. Anything that happens to you, you can learn from, and you don't need to be a victim of, but I also want to point out that it doesn't mean that it's okay. And I don't think you should go look for it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that it's one of those things where, um, we, we work in an industry, especially in the film industry, where a lot of people make money off of people's dreams and they don't really, they don't really offer a lot of really, a lot of help. And they think they do. Mm-hmm. That's the problem is that they don't know that what they're doing is destructive. And I think that, you know, with acting, it's, it's one of those things where I think you've got to you really got to get a wide perspective early on, you know, study with one teacher for a few months, try it out, then go to another teacher, study with them for a few months, go to another teacher and just your whole first. And I know it's going to seem frustrating because you're going to be like, well, I just want to stick with someone and work their process. Just hop around, you know, do private schools, hop around, get different experiences, take every teacher with a grain of salt. And as you start to get more perspective, of different teaching styles and different people study with men and women, young and old, try different things. Then you can start to assess better. Okay. This is where I fit. This is what's good for me. This is what I like. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, what I'm finding works. And, you know, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, like keep listening to these podcasts. I mean, we're sharing all the fucking wisdoms you need to know. Just listen to them all. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that just because I want you to listen to this podcast. Honestly, just listen to this podcast. Just listen and go to episodes that call to you or speak to you that have a title, read the blog, read the, the dialogue. We do all the work for you. We put it all out there. You know, like this is the resource that people need. I mean, you know, there's this whole thing about this podcast too, is like, we started it because we're just a couple guys who were having really good conversations, but there's another part of it for me now, which is like, more than ever, which I'm really tied to with this podcast, which is I'm doing this podcast for myself at 17, 18 years old. I want, there's some kid out there 
that I'm sure is just like me and is just in a similar position that I was. And this is what he needs to hear. And I'm saying this stuff because I want him to hear it. So if you're that guy or girl and you need to hear this, just start listening to all this. Like I, and I know Evan is the same. We're trying to share the stuff that you need to hear. You know, the stuff that the discussions, at least the way, the way it might help you think, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I want to say too, like, even if I have said in, in the past as though I knew something to be a certain way, you know, I'm still learning, I'm growing, I don't know. But I think that at least these podcasts will start to get you thinking about certain things about your artistry and your industry that will put you miles ahead of everybody. Yeah. And I think that it's just, it's what I didn't have when I was younger. And now I'm sharing that. And now, like if you were to study in a course with me, you know, it's thousands of dollars to study, but I'm giving it away for free in this podcast. A lot of the Mm -hmm. stuff, of course, it's not as, it's not as structured and as pinpointed, Yeah. but it's, it's there. It just takes you time, but you can do that. You have time right now. Mm -hmm. And when you're not in acting class, listen to a podcast, when you're driving, when you're traveling, when you're doing anything, listen to it. You know, we even program these podcasts so that they stop where you left them off. So it will continue at least on certain applications where it will continue where you left them off. So you can just literally pick it back up where you left, you know? So it's like, you know, and you, and you just have this constant resource out there and, and then we're not the only ones to listen to. There's probably other people out there who have really great podcasts and I'm not going to necessarily say who they are for sure. I don't know, but look for your resources, try to find your resources. And at least at the very least, if you're listening to us, we can give you a little bit of a counterbalance and like, you know, if you find someone else who's like maybe better or you feel we're not really telling you the best stuff, give us feedback. You know, we want to learn, we want to be mm-hmm. better, but I, I'm really like this conversation to me, I didn't know how it was going to go, but the way it's opened up now, I'm like, this is such an important talk. I just think it's so, so important because young people don't know, like you get this crappy government funded education system <laughs> Then you go out in the world and then you're supposed to figure out how to learn from people on your own from like this, you know, some of this shitty model that you're based on. Yeah. And I mean, it's a good enough model. It taught you to speak English, taught you to do math, taught you to speak a language. Right. Yeah. But, but, but the thing is, is that it just covered the basics and now you have to try and figure out, okay, now I got to find an acting teacher. And like, I, the, I don't know about you, but the first acting teacher, the first few acting teachers I went to, I'm like, they know so much. This I'm just eating everything up. Everything seems so good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until in hindsight where I realized, well, some of those teachers maybe weren't the best teachers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and also maybe they were really good for a period of time, but then they were going through something and they weren't such a good teacher and it was probably time to leave. And I kind of knew it was time to leave, but I didn't because I was kind of like, uh, just uncomfortable, you know, but we don't know that like when you're younger, I mean, maybe some people do, maybe some people have like good parents and mentors and stuff that really have helped them. But I'd say for the most, most people that I, that I know, most of us didn't know what the hell we were doing. Yeah. I'm sure you didn't either. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And I just, anyone who would be willing to teach me and, and one class I stayed in just because it was cheaper than other classes. Yeah. I and mean, that's not a good reason to stay in a yeah. class. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So like, we just don't, we, we don't know. We don't know why, like, you know, and, and just because something's more expensive doesn't mean it's better either. Yeah. You know, but at least we start thinking, we start going, okay, well, I'm not the only person thinking this. I don't know if you experienced this too, but like, you ever been in like a class or situation where you go, am I the only person that thinks this is fucked up right now? Mm -hmm. Like, and you realize later that everyone thinks that, but no one's talking about it. 
but because no one's talking about it, everyone's just like, Oh, everyone else thinks it's cool. So maybe I'm just like off, you know? Yeah. Like, right. But everyone's like, no, this is fucked up. Right. Like, and then you start having that conversation with people and like, it's fucked up. So you're like, okay. But the thing is, is when you're younger, not to say it doesn't matter what they do, they might stay, yeah. but you need to make decisions in your life. We well, don't need to do anything, but you best make decisions in your life that best serve you mm-hmm. and trust your instincts. And I think that, I mean, if there's anything that we continually hammer at in terms of what we talk about on the show is because, I mean, a lot of the particulars of the stuff we share, I mean, you know, maybe you disagree. Maybe we're, maybe we're wrong on some of the things that we say, you know, like we're, we're, I, you know, I'm going to say we're definitely probably wrong about a lot of the things that we've said on this show. Um, but the thing that I think that I, I would like people to know about what we're trying to do on the show is that is getting us connected to what we're doing, how we fit within that and really having our own sense of thinking, being real thinking, feeling people within what we do, Mm. you know, and, and realizing it's like, nobody's going to give you the solutions, like listen to people, but nobody can tell you for sure. And you've got to, and you've got to follow your own wisdom, you know, and, and you can't give anybody too much power over your life. You are the ultimate person who makes the decisions about everything. You know, it's like, you know, your, your story about this person who gave up acting because of this teacher, it's like that teacher didn't make you give up acting. You, you gave up acting. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and maybe that was what was supposed to happen, but like, you can't blame the teacher for having done that. If you didn't like the teacher, you could have left the teacher. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's that simple. I mean the, you know, even, um, there's a story of, of the Buddha having said that, you know, it's like, if what I say to you does not like, if, if it does not, is not the truth in your heart, then don't listen to me. Mm. And that was the Buddha. (laughs) Mm. That was the fricking Buddha, man, who is like, I don't know if you know, but he's a pretty influential person in humanity. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think what we're talking about here is about becoming, becoming your own kind of guiding light and trusting that you, even if you don't know, that's okay. I mean, I think that just to start where our conversation started off, we're taught that we're supposed to know. And I think most of your life and, and the more wisdom you gain, the more you'll realize you don't know, the less, you know, the more, you know, the more, you know, you don't know. It's funny how it works. You actually know more than you ever did, but you know, less than you ever thought you could, Yeah, you know? (laughs) So, um, so my point is, is that you'll never get to a point where you know more than you don't know. You're always going to know less unless you're just basically being ignorant or naive and in denial but really you'll always recognize that, you know, less because you'll learn about more possibilities. I mean, I'm constantly amazed that certain jobs people have. I'm like, that's a job. Like someone does that. I'm like, as a job, like nine to five, like what the hell? Like, how does that work? You know, but I'm, I'm finding out about stuff like this all the time. So there's so much I don't know, 
But I think when you're young, you assume because you don't know that you should listen to someone else all the time. But I think what you want to look at is go, okay, I, I don't know a lot. It's just curiosity. It's just about looking into something. And you know, you go and you look into it. And if you like what you're learning and you, and you think it's working, then go with it. You know, the whole emotional side of it, um, you know, if, 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 if you're getting intellectually or emotionally abused, like if someone's talking down to you and, and making and belittling you or making you feel not making you feel, but like kind of suggesting that you're less than in any way, that's someone to put a red flag up for because that person is misguided. You know, um, you know, I, my mentors, and I would say the reason why they're good mentors is because they don't treat me like I'm less than they treat me Mm. like I'm this whole other, uh, value that like is just untapped. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're better or I'm worse, but some of my mentors, you know, they just have knowledge in areas I don't have. They have wisdoms, they have experiences I don't have and will take me time to, to gather so they can give me some guidance in some areas that I might not, um, think about just based on my own experience. And, you know, sometimes I don't listen to them. Sometimes I'm going, no, I'm going to do it my way. I mean, I had one mentor saying like, whatever, it's irrelevant what he guided me to do. But I was like, I listened to his advice and I said, well, no, I said to him straight up, I said, I don't want to do that. And this is why I don't want to do that. He goes, okay, I can respect that. That makes sense. But I taught him something which was interesting Mm -hmm. because it was just my integrity. But I just, in my heart, I knew that that wasn't the way I wanted to go. And, and his way might've been that way and someone else, it might've been that way. But for me, based on what it would do and the way it would take my path, I went, no, I don't want to do that because this is effects I'm seeing. And he could respect that. And I thought that was an amazing thing because it was like, don't just do what I tell you to do. But like, I listen to what they say, but then I'll, if, if something doesn't fit, I'll challenge them back and I'll say, well, I don't know about that because of this. And sometimes those be like, well, maybe you're not seeing this, this, and this. You go, oh, okay. Actually now I see it. Or sometimes you go, oh, they go, oh, good point. Okay. I never looked at it that way. Cause the other thing too yeah. is my mentors don't know everything either. Right. But they're really good to have in my corner. Yeah. But they're not like the end all be all answer either. Right. Yeah. And that's good teaching. That's good. That's good mentorship. That's good leading. Right. Because, you know, they don't just tell me to do it their way and then that's it, you know, and they won't. The other thing too is why they're good mentors is because I'm not scared to talk back to them, not talk back disrespectfully, but talk back and say my own point of view and feel like they're going to be intimidated or upset that I didn't listen to what they wanted. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's about presenting reasonable arguments or reasonable questions Mm -hmm out of a genuine wanting to learn, you know, as opposed to defending a position. Sure. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Because I think that's where it turns into like, that's when the questions actually those like, well, you're not really wanting to learn at this point. You're just defending your point of view and you don't really want to learn anything. Like you just want to be right. Yeah. Anytime you get into that whole thing of being right you know, the ego's got something to do with it. Absolutely. So, but when you come from a place of, you know, it's like when, when we're working on, on a script together and say like, okay, well, what do you think about this? You know, like this, what I, what I just wrote or whatever. And, and if it's either, it's just like, yeah, I really like it. It's great. 
Let's like keep it. Or if there's something about it, there's a reason, you know, and we'll say, it's like, okay, well, this is what it is. And we'll go, Oh, okay. I get it. Because it's like, I understand how you see that Mm. your perspective. That was something I hadn't thought about whatever. And then you come up with a new solution. Right. But it's like, as soon as you bring in the ego involved, where it's just like, that's like, no, like that's the way it is, which is what we've been talking about. Like with Mm. teachers and and students. And and so it's like, once you get so rigid within your points of view, you completely shut yourself off from being able to actually learn anything, learn anything or to grow whatsoever. So yeah. It's been a good talk. Um, what do you, you want to leave someone with some lessons? I mean, not some things that we gained from it, not lessons, but like things that we've learned from this. Um, man, I don't know. This beer has gone straight to my head. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> um, but okay. uh, I could start. If you sure. Want. Sure. Um, not that I know what I'm going to say, but I would say, uh, <laughs> just start flapping your jaw and something yeah. will come out. Yeah, exactly. I would say, That's um, what this show really is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would say that, you know, wherever you are in your life, young or old, whatever position, um, is trust that there's a certain kind of wisdom and truth inside of you that nobody has access to except you. And that is something that has a lot of guiding light for you. You know, I'm not going to say it's right or wrong, but for you, it will help you decipher which way to go in this world. You know, if something feels wrong or seems wrong, that's probably your instincts going off that it is wrong. There's something not good about that. And if that's so be willing to start questioning that and walk away from it. If something seems really kind of good and it seems right. And it seems like some path you want to walk down, walk down it a little ways, go look down it, go see what's there. If you walk down it a ways and it turns out not to be what you want and you don't like it anymore, you can always go back or, or, go a different way. But like, don't regret your choices either. You know, a lot of life I think is going to be kind of like this. You go down a road, it doesn't work out. You go down a road, doesn't work out. You go down a road, doesn't work out. And then eventually you go down a road and you go, Whoa, this led me to somewhere I had no idea about. And Mm. that's going to lead to a bunch of roads. And then you go down some roads and go, that didn't work out. And this didn't work out. And okay. And then there's this new one. And then that's kind of how life is. And I think if you're willing to make mistakes and you're willing to not do everything perfectly and you're willing to kind of go out there and try stuff and, you know, no one can protect you except yourself from things like abusive teachers. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was in acting class and I was a 17, 18 year old kid, I didn't have my parents with me. I didn't have any, I had other peers that were my age, you know, but no one was there to tell me whether this was a good thing or a bad thing, or if I was learning the best way or not, you know, mostly I was there and I was doing the best I could and everything to me was new. So it all seemed all right. Um, and I think that's kind of like, life's going to be a lot like that. It's going to be kind of like this kind of like venturing into this unknown, and you're going to find out as you go. And, and you got to really just really check in with your instincts, check in with that kind of sense. And if something just seems not right, ask some questions about it, pay attention to it. And maybe don't do it. Don't go towards it or do go towards it. If it feels right, or don't go towards if it doesn't. And, and, and I think that 
be willing to try new things. You know, I think like, you know, our whole point is like of this conversation was to always keep learning. The only way you're always going to keep learning is to try new things. You've got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to just do something different than you normally do. And so, you know, it might mean that instead of going to acting class this month, you go to psych class, you go to a psych class or you, you, um, you learn about screenwriting or you, you learn about architecture. I don't care. It doesn't yeah. matter, but learn something, go, go. And if you, if you have a, an urge to go do something, you go, well, I can't do this cause I got acting class or I can't leave this acting class. Cause then I'll lose my spot and I'll be on the waiting list again. If, if you're staying in something for little reasons like that, that's not the right reason to stay there. You should be staying there because you're like, I'm fucking loving this. This is I'm excited. I'm passionate about this. This is exactly where I want to go and where I want to be. And if you're not there and you're not excited, you're not exhilarated about what you're doing, then go somewhere else. And, and, you know, and the thing is, is you might end up finding as you try to, you know, like, uh, if you try to run away from your problems, you'll start to see that your problems will follow you. And that will give you enough insight to see that your problem was actually inside of you, not outside of you, but you were blaming someone else for it. Mm. And that's also good. That's also a good part of leaving. Like some people will travel to run away from their problems and their problems will follow them. Yeah. But that's good because in a certain way, that's what it took for you to realize that the problem was in you, not this environment you thought you were in. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, you know, moving, for example, right? It's like, is the problem really in me or is the problem really in the moving or is the problem really just in me? And wherever I go, the same problem is going to occur more likely that the latter, but sometimes you have to move to see it. You can't just stay. And, and, you know, it's the frustrating thing about our physical life. We have to sometimes just do something else (laughs) so that we can see what the problem is because we're blind to it otherwise. And, And for some reason, nobody can tell us. And that's my final point is that don't expect your teachers to give you all the answers. Yeah. I'd say most of the answers you're going to have to find inside and they'll help you a little, but most of it's coming from you Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to do most of the work. Yeah. So, and I, and I don't think you should look at that as a bad thing. I think you should look at it as an exciting thing. Yeah. Cause it means you don't have to go out and look for anything anymore. You can start to see that, Oh, well, maybe it's already inside of me. I just have to find things that will spur that out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's my and now I guess it's on me now. <laughs> it's on you, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I would say that, you know, within the learning situation, the learning environment, I mean, for both teacher and student is the recognition that it is, it is a mutual learning process in order for the most effective teaching and learning to occur. And that is through a a certain kind of compassion and recognition in each other that, um, you know, nobody has all of the answers and that's something that's going to be explored. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, like you do, you have to follow something all the way through, you know, to know, to know what it actually is. And sometimes that means to know that it's like, Oh, okay, well I tried that out. I went all the way with it and I know that just doesn't work not for me. Hmm. Right. And it's nothing personal. You know, I think that's where a big, a big issue comes up in this. And we talked about the ego. It's like, don't bring the ego into, into learning, you know, like the, you've got to be open and childlike when you enter a learning situation. Um, and accepting this whole idea of like, well, I don't really know anything. You know, despite what you think, you know, you know, it's way, it's, it's a lot more fun for one, it's a lot more fun 
to learn from the place of saying, I don't know anything. Mm. Right. Like it's just like abandon what you, you think, you know, see what's going on here. And that's the best way to discover something that might transform some of these things that you've been holding on to. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, we talked about abusive teachers and all that sort of thing, but you know, to a large degree, that's, that's our doing as students is putting people in these positions and letting our work hinge upon what they say. Um, you know, which was another thing that I really loved about, um, my master teacher, Larry Silverberg, he didn't even give us very much feedback. Like he gave us feedback, but it was never, he never gave us like subjective necessarily feedback in terms of like, it was always, it was always just very personal about our blocks or, but it was never like, that was terrific work. (laughs) And that was, you know, like it was, it was neither, but it was never, that was terrible work either. It was always just like, here's what I'm seeing. Um, keep working. And that was always it. Yeah. Keep working. And it never became a, and then our work was never about pleasing or letting him down. Hmm. And we started to learn for ourselves. That's such a good where, point. Never about pleasing or letting your teacher down. That's, yeah. And that's such a good point to leave people with for sure. All right. Well then I'm just going to say well, that that's me... the point that I'm going to leave it with because right. I don't know if I had anything else left in the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's fair enough, man. Uh, that was a good chat. And, it was uh, indeed. Keep learning people. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.